welcome to another episode of Kino Clash. I'm Brendan. I'm Alex. I'm Ryan. And I'm the uh, Can You Hear Me Now guy from those Verizon commercials, oh. now Sprint <laughs> commercials. <laughs> A very funny joke. <laughs> Thank you for tooting your own horn about that joke, actually. Great, great job. <laughs> well, it was, it was very funny and topical, so that's mm. I wanted everybody to know. Uh, and today we will be talking about my 15 seed, Moon, um, which will be going up against... Alex's number two seed, Apollo 11. I wanted to make sure I got the right number on that one. The documentary, not the Tom, uh, Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, so that's that's the important distinction, right, is that Apollo 11, there's many documentaries about Apollo 11. This is the one called Apollo 11, made in 2019. Uh, and then there's many movies that have moon in the name. The one I'm talking about was made in 2009 and has Sam Rockwell in it. So unless if there was any confusion, <laughs> those are the movies we're talking about. Um, all right. So uh, I'll kick us off with a description of Moon. Astronaut Sam Bell, played by Sam Rockwell's three-year shift at a lunar mine is finally coming to an end. And he's looking forward to his reunion with his wife and young daughter. Suddenly, Sam's health takes a drastic turn for the worse. He suffers painful headaches and hallucinations and almost has a fatal accident. He meets what appears to be a younger version of himself, possibly a clone. With time running out, Sam must solve the mystery before the company crew arrives. Very good. Cool. Solid. Yeah. All right. And then uh, who hadn't seen this movie before? I think that'd be only me. Yep. Oh, Alex, you didn't see Mr. it? Mr. Sprint. Yeah. Uh, actually... Okay. This movie was on my list originally. So were some of the movies on your list, right? Oh. But then once I saw Brendan's list had got released, I was like, oh, I got to take Moon off of it. I, I did the same thing with a couple of Ryans. I do remember that. Um, you know. I didn't do the same thing with any of any of yours. Um, well, who would? I think, I would I think all your guys' your taste is lost. shit. I think you're all shit. <laughs> I think we all pick pretty good movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we'll, 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 them, uh, so we'll just let our record show no. for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the difference is we all picked winners, and Kyle picked Snatch. Hey, asshole, you're in the negatives now, too. Okay? I don't care. I'm having fun. Take it easy. I'm not moping around by my KD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I guess I'll uh, start off with first thoughts, then. Yeah. Um this is a joke uh, only for me uh, when they were advertising the, uh, I believe, 2014 movie uh, Legend uh, starring Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Uh, whenever I see twin movies now or clones or anything, that's all I can think about. So, yeah, I wish this would have been taglined as starring Sam Rockwell and Sam Rockwell. Um, what do you call it? Didn't know anything about this movie. <laughs> whatsoever all i knew really? was huh could have sworn first of all i i don't remember you not having watched this movie and i could have sworn you and i talked about the whole clone thing about it okay spoilers no, no i that, i knew literally nothing about this movie so that was also oh go on we've established that kyle likes to lie about having seen sci-fi no movies. no 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 sir <laughs> no 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 i like to lie to you specifically <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fun pastime 
uh, when I was in high school. Uh, but yeah, uh, I really liked it. I thought it was real cool. I thought the score was like I, I would I would go so far as to say awesome. Uh, yeah, like, no, I love it. Yeah, no, it's 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 real fun. I've had the I've had that main theme in my head all day. Very groovy, very driving down mm-hmm. the road kind of stuff. Um, Sam Rockwell, one of my favorite actors working. Uh, I get a big I got a big kick out of it because I was dwelling on it after I watched it. I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen Sam Rockwell in a leading man role. Um, and then I was like, well, technically he was supporting Sam Rockwell, so I think that still <laughs> helps him. <laughs> Both Sam Rockwells were supporting each other. Oh, wouldn't wouldn't that have been just the biggest like fuck you to him if he won Best Supporting Actor for this movie? <laughs> hey, was it Daniel Kaluuya did for what Judas and the Black Messiah? Yeah, yeah. that was something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the lead was in that movie if not him. Or... <laughs> uh, wait, no, that's true. Yeah, because they put Lakeith as mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actor. Also, yeah, they didn't put him for Best Leading Man. Um, Bold there was no lead <laughs> anywho yeah every, everything about it i thought it was a really elegant little sci-fi story uh not to be boring but i mean like i did finish it i was like yeah this kind of felt like a black mirror episode of you know i mean and i'm a fan of the show i like it so that's a compliment um but yeah nice little quick 90 minutes uh really enjoyed it very good I this is my second time watching it, and I really, really loved it the first time I watched it. And this time, I still thought it was great. Uh, I didn't like it as much on rewatch. I don't feel like I gathered any more from it. But that said, the things I really enjoyed and appreciated, they have not faded in my memory. I mean, everything that I like about it is so memorable, and really is just fun to watch. Um, the music, like Kyle said, is excellent. Uh, there's a scene in particular I'm sure we'll talk about that just it's just crushing the the piano notes that they hit and uh, the emotion they bring to the screen there so that accompanied with a a brilliant performance um, with a lot of nuance and just excellently portrayed uh, clones I guess (laughs) uh, by Sam Rockwell the duality of man yeah it's just uh, (laughs) two people with very different attitudes despite being the same person which is a really interesting concept to me it's a really fun idea they play with so yeah on rewatch still very great not not quite as high as when i watched the first time but still very high i i still love it i i completely agree this movie was originally on my list so clearly i love it a lot and on this rewatch which is probably like my fourth time watching it I did enjoy it a little bit less, and I haven't fully figured out why. Maybe it's just this isn't a movie that needs to be rewatched so many times. It's kind of like once you get the twist, it's not like one of those movies where on a rewatch you notice small little things like, oh, you know, they were kind of teasing it from the beginning of the movie. Um, and so once that magic's gone, I still super enjoyed it. Um, Sam Rockwell is absolutely fantastic as Sam Bell and Sam Bell. Um, you were just saying, Ryan, how it's kind of fun to have to see like the same person have different personalities. And that kind of clicked for me on this watch where I was like, why is that? And it's kind of like, at least to me, it's cause like first Sam Rockwell was on the moon for three years and has been like losing his mind. And so like yeah. that 
he's kind of developed a different personality versus we get back to vanilla Sam Rockwell, the clone. And so I thought that was super clever to kind of be able to, to have two opposing characters still really be the same person, just different lived experiences. I thought that was, that stood out to me a lot. I thought that was super clever. Um, yeah, the musics for some reason, like I can't, I can't, uh, really remember how the music goes right now off the top of my head but when i was watching it i was like oh this took me back to when i first watched it those notes just kind of make you feel the sadness the the fun of kind of like the the jubilant little little middle part of when they're kind of exploring stuff yeah that music super memorable and sticks with me um and yeah i i love this movie so much it it's it's a little gold nugget and I feel like not a lot of people know anything about. Brendan, before you go, who did the uh, score for this? Because they did another. Clint Mansell. They've done. They did Requiem uh, they for did... a Dream. That's the one I've been. And Black Swan. Yeah. Which Black Swan is one of mine. And Requiem for a Dream also has an excellent score. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, <laughs> and uh... The Fountain. <laughs> not familiar with that one, but it's. Probably pretty uh, good. And, well, any 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 great uh, stop motion movie buffs know that uh, they repurposed the finale from the Fountain to be used in the final like fight scene in Paranorman for some reason. Great. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, one more thing I want to add um, on Moon. It uh, no one talks about this, but it has a kick ass cover art that is so simple but yeah. so memorable. Yeah. And and can't be perceived by technology <laughs> yeah. if you pull up the cover art on anything it's like it fucks with your computer screen but then you just have like the the blu-ray it's like oh yeah it's just like circles yeah really close together mm-hmm. but man it's but, uh, so cool. very fun mm-hmm. it's great yeah, both. super cool um yeah no i i really love this movie i think that this movie's biggest strength and also probably the i don't want to say weakness but probably the the thing that uh, um, Alex was bringing up as maybe uh, something uh, that detracts from it a little bit is that it's very simple. It is, uh, despite being kind of a, a big idea sci-fi movie of like clones and things like that, it is still a pretty simple movie. It doesn't. There's no action set pieces or anything like that. It's it's two technically actors in a room, even though it's the same actor, um, but with like a body double. Uh, and just sort of working through the revelation that they're not who they thought they were. And that's the movie for the most part. There's nothing else going on. Um, but I love that. I think that the story that it tells and the way it tells it is so compelling that I don't need there to be like a little uh, infinity stone hidden underneath one of the houses that uh, Sam Bell's <laughs> whittling out. I, you know, I don't need anything like, oh my God, I didn't, realize that before when i watch it an eighth time I, I i just come back for that performance um and for the fact that it is I don't, maybe the most cost effective movie i've ever seen this movie reportedly has a five million dollar budget yeah how what <laughs> what how no, does it make any well. sense like i mean like not that the not that the effects were great or anything but like the five billion dollars like that's <laughs> Hey, hey, the effects me, look it's... better than move than some movies now. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like they, yeah. Like there, there's a couple moments where like the them being on the moon doesn't like it's not sold completely. Like the effects are just a little bit weird. But I would say a good eighty-five to ninety percent of the VFX shots in this 
are more than passable. Like not only that, if I not, noticed on this viewing, there's a lot of practical, like miniatures with the yeah. rover. I think that's so fun. I love seeing miniatures. It just adds like a you know, like a handmade feeling to it, and I just, it just makes me appreciate the movie so much more. It's it's really cool, and yeah, and like I, I, I think that that's why I keep coming back to this movie. Is that in in the same way that I I come back to Operation Avalanche is that I know I'm not getting you know, something with a lot of heavy symbolism and layering and stuff like that. I know I'm getting this relationship and this mystery playing out that I already know all of the components of, but Sam Rockwell gives such a strong performance. I mean, to be acting in a scene as, you know, in scenes as intensive as the ones that are in this movie without necessarily knowing what you're the other side of that performance is going to look like. Cause I mean, they had to shoot these at least a day apart. A lot of these scenes. Cause I mean, the makeup between oh, the yeah. two different Sam Rockwells are, is completely different. So, I mean, just having that much like control over your performance and that much knowledge of how you're going to play either side of it is so impressive. Like that is, that is something that always wows me about this movie is that it is one of the few twin movies like Kyle brought up that doesn't, feel like it's the same actor twice <laughs> it feels like two separate performances uh, uh you know interacting with each other um, very much i mean just like alex was saying this is the second time i've seen it this time when i was watching it i picked up on the subtleties of the of the two performances so definitely like three years of isolation you can tell how just emotionally and socially just starved the one who had been there on the move is um, he's so willing to to be polite to talk to do anything to interact with this other guy and this other guy's he's him without kind yeah. of that that long lonely stretch of time in his life so he's still kind of well, it, the asshole that he self-admits to being and i i think it's the, really great seeing that kind of dichotomy between them and how much he's grown well and the physicality too where you have the the three years later Sam Bell much more relaxed, shoulders dropped. Mm-hmm. You know, after the accident, he's limping everywhere, and the limp gets progressively worse. Things like that. Whereas the new Sam Bell that was just woken up stands up straight, almost like a military posture. You know, frequently puts his hands behind his back. You know, so much physical performance that most people I don't think would would worry about in a movie like this, but Sam Rockwell brings as much as he can to flesh out these characters. If you were to just even look at a picture of the two of them standing next to each other, like it's so well done. Um, and yeah, that's, that, that's what keeps me coming back. The score, like, like we've all already talked about is great. It has something that I really like in, in movie scores, which is, uh, a very simple, but, um, engaging sort of score and sound to it. Uh, Her is very similar in that way. You know, simple piano, you know, motif repeated and expanded upon and explored throughout the, uh, the film. And I think it makes some of the emotional beats hit a little bit harder because you're so used to the way the score sounds and it's not throwing in some random noise that you weren't prepared for. Um, but yeah, that's enough of me and my preamble about how much I love this movie. Um, I figured we'd start on 
just general plot. This movie has a bit of a major buy-in right at the start. Um, how did you guys feel about just the concept of having people on the moon mining resources and I don't I don't think that's back? that high of a buy-in at all. I'm like yeah, I I, that's that's the natural progression of where we're going. Sure, sure. I think that it it, it it feels a little bit weird the way that they do it. Like they set it up and it's like a guy alone managing all of this stuff by himself. Like you have to be a you have to buy into the fact that they would ever have done that. Which I think is the hardest thing to buy about the entire movie is right at the start there. But that didn't seem intrusive or obtrusive at all. I, no. Not not guys? at all for like okay. I I didn't even question it once. I was into the story hey, at all hey, yeah, nothing to buy in that's on. good that's good for me i've had conversations with people about this movie before where they're like why why would they have ever sent someone by themselves up to mine helium off the moon like how how essential that is seems that like an unpleasant that's... person <laughs> well you know they're not in this call so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the, the only thing i would say is at the beginning there's a lot of exposition and the explanation of like what they're doing why they're doing it which ultimately i don't I don't feel like that becomes fruitful. Yeah. Like it's the, the heart of the movie is there within 30 minutes. So if anything, that exposition, I didn't like very much, but it gets into the heart of the movie, which he's a miner on the moon and he finds his clone. And I looked at it. It was like pretty much 30 minutes on the nose is when they started interacting, which I think it's just excellent pacing. It's a perfect like separation for a second, third act, just 30 minute segments, short and sweet, no fat. It was, it was great. Yeah. I got yeah, easy buy-in. What, what's your what's your problem with the exposition? You're it's just like I don't know. It just doesn't really lead anywhere. There, he's just a miner on the moon, and they're just like, I don't know, kind of not that interesting. Just an exposition dump. Like are you For talking me? like the little like preamble? no the narration like that starts the movie. yeah like the little preamble video yeah. I don't know. I kind of took that as like uh, kind of helps for some of the moral quandaries at the end of like you know well. They are doing a necessary task. Like this is, it's not. I would agree. I would agree with you, Ryan. If it wasn't for the fact that they reuse that later on in the movie when uh, he has like the monitor open and he's watching that same video, and like having a freak out while <laughs> looking mm. at it, um, I think that kind of justifies us being shown the same video. Because if he had just because it, it, it the shot lasts for like I don't know maybe a second of him watching that video as well. And you can recognize it as like the audience by the audio because you've already seen it. But if we weren't given that, we wouldn't know what he's looking okay. at. And then you'd probably just have to cut that out. I guess that is a so, good payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, that's, I would agree with you completely if it wasn't for that reincorporation of it, which to me justifies it. Yeah. No, my, for me that my qualm is just uh, exposition right at the very beginning is always like, yeah, Could I see this bit, another way? It's a, it's a bitter pill. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that beginning part. I, I remember it now. After watching it again, I'm like, I don't... Am I watching the right movie? I literally checked to see how I was watching the right movie because I don't remember that whole like, newsreel at the beginning. Yeah. Um, And I kind of agree with Ryan. I, I see where you're coming from, Brendan, definitely. And I think... I feel like it should be left in the movie. But for me, it felt a little weird after having finished the movie because I feel like the movie does a really good job of sort of barely telling you anything about the world, but giving you enough just to progress the story. Like why Sam Bell, like what's so special about him? 
Um, and just kind of the, the stuff that's going on the base, like there's a lot of little things that you don't get any explanation of, but you kind of get the freedom to kind of fill in the blanks in your head. But then to get like that big exposition dump at the beginning, I feel like you could still kind of get what you're saying, that payoff of like hearkening back to that video later on in the movie and, and feeling the emotional impact without being so, uh, telling of that so explicit and, and like all right we are mining helium 3 for energy i wonder if this <laughs> is a rewatch problem because like i see like it it was like a minute long clip for me and it was here's why we're on the moon and then it was we're on the moon and i was just like okay. i honestly think it's because i i have so many memories of this movie and none of them have this that. video <laughs> yeah I, 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 not I don't remember that. this yeah um, and so very, it just no, felt really, fair. really weird watching it again. Like I said, super minor thing, but yeah, that's the only thing in that oh, yeah. beginning 30 minutes that I didn't like. You okay? Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, as I already said, I, I think that it justifies itself, but I would mm. even be okay with it being maybe uh, incorporated a little bit cleaner into the into the movie. Like maybe... It's playing on a monitor at the start of the movie. Yeah, that's what I was While thinking. he's, like, eating like an, or something like that. Kind of an atmospheric shot, and you just kind of hear that before it cuts into him eating and watching it, maybe. I don't know. You know what? Honest, yeah, something honestly, like almost almost identical to how they end the movie. You could even do it something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, like I said, super minor, but that's just, I guess, one yeah. note I had. So. Um, outside of that, is there anything else that... that stuck out story-wise like I, I have my own list but if there was anything that was especially powerful to to y'all uh, i'd love to hear it the the part for me that uh really kicked this up a notch was when it's uh dying sam rockwell in the uh rover absolutely yeah no and he's and, and not even the call but when the call's over and he's just sitting there crying and saying i want to go home oh yeah it's just like oh man <laughs> yeah that's when that piano Sam's was playing yeah, Sam Rockwell's performance in that in that scene and then in the later scene when uh when he gets taken back to the crash uh rover so strong. Mm. Like just that slow acceptance of like I can't go home and then I'm not going to make it home. I'm not going to live to make it home anyway. And then just them having that conversation about the first time they uh went on a date with their wife um and like sharing that memory with each other and then yeah. the, the we'll call we'll call him sam too sam too just like quietly affixes the helmet it's like oh and the score just starts coming in with those sad piano yeah no i've been listening to that uh since i watched it that um kind of piano and violin number that plays in those moments and it really is crushing i i like the existential kind of quandaries that they explore with these characters without making it a huge focus. I don't feel like that ever takes over as far as the plot's concerned. The plot always has something happening, and yet, as it's happening, you're just seeing a guy's world fall apart as he, yeah. he has to come to terms with everything he knows is not only a lie, but the things that he loves has long since moved on. He's dying, and nothing he knows is ever going to be the same yeah it's it's crushing i mean on a really emotional level um and yeah like i said they balance that so well with a a, a really good plot so i love that about this movie yeah. another plot point i'd throw out there that 
I love that we have a good robot. That that mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that, I was gonna say I was gonna, that. I was gonna bring up Gertie. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, that was such a novel idea. Like the whole time, I'm like, I see you, you son of a bitch, you corporate <laughs> son of a bitch. I don't trust you. But then he's like, Yeah, my protocol is to help you, and it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> Gertie, <laughs> you little sweetheart. Well, and it and it feels very. Uh, I don't know, very kind of silicon valley style to just be like well why would he ask if he's a clone that doesn't why would he ever think to ask that i I don't know we don't have to like prevent the thing from knowing from having knowledge like that in the computer because who would ask that (laughs) gertie am i a clone would you like some coffee (laughs) yeah no it's it's funny and i love how expressive gertie is with just Mm -hmm. like the little emoticon just like yeah four or five different emojis basically it's really funny and like the moment where it's the sat when he's telling uh the first sam that he is a clone um, yeah and and it and it goes into the frowny face with the little tear Mm -hmm. it's like oh that's so sad yeah no it's it's great It, it tells a lot and it's almost played as a joke and simultaneously it's very sad it's like this is so limited expression wise and yet it tells everything and it tells that gertie is kind of on their team i thought that was great and i just i really mm-hmm. liked the reveal after he puts in the password um and then like sam rockwell asks the logical question of like wait aren't aren't you programmed to, like prevent this from happening at all costs and things like that and it's just the simple no i'm, I'm here to help you that's that's all and it's like oh yeah okay yeah he doesn't have to be evil um because yeah that's all i was thinking about the entire movie (laughs) when when is gertie gonna stab him yeah no i thought when the hand was coming up that he was gonna Mm. like bash his head in or something oh yeah no and i think that i think that duncan jones the director knew that and like kind of yeah at least for the first half of the movie played with that expectation you know when you see the hand come over to touch his shoulder or something it's like oh is this when he does it is this when he like secures his position but no yeah and let me help um, you type some letters i i love um, the design of gertie because yeah. he's just so cold asymmetric and big and bulky and ugly but with a little tiny a screen on the side <laughs> And it, it, with a couple there, and he's like dirty and moldy, kind of. I just love how it's like, yeah, this is the sad, sad world Sam Bell lives in. But like, he's just that that little screen is just a ray of hope. It's very practical. Like that was what I was about to say is that Gertie and the set design and everything, it all just feels very realistic. Yeah. I guess like it's what set in the late twenties, and it's like I'm sure we have all this technology now. We're not mining on the moon by any means, but like. I'm sure we could if we, we could. wanted to, like if there was helium in the rocks. Um, and so, yeah, just everything with the set design and Gertie especially, that seems like a very practical solution. Something that, I mean, I don't know, maybe even now it would be more like an Alexa kind of situation. But I just feel like having that kind of physical companion is something they would try to think about uh, as a accompanying to, entity. To pull that yeah, thread not- further, to pull that thread further, I... Uh, along the set design and Gertie, how he everything is done from the tracks on the ceiling and yeah. how he kind of has yeah. Like this. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that. It's so cool because A, it's like super maneuverable around a 
because humans have legs, right? We need steps and whatever, but it's hard for robots. So that's like an elegant little solution to be able to navigate the entire base. And also just adds that little extra wrinkle to Gerd. It's like, you're an interesting looking robot and you function cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that there's like post-it notes all over him <laughs> yeah. that Sam yeah. Bell has put on. And then, then the payoff of him removing the kick me one is so, mm-hmm. it, that's so sweet. Yeah. This uh, movie does a lot very with very small things. Yeah. It just it's atmospheric. It really does a good job of the world building with subtleties and and the performance and the music and it just comes together. I mean, it's ninety minutes and yet you feel like you know the entire life story of the station. And I I think that's <laughs> that just speaks to its writing because that's not easy well, to do by any means. Yeah. And that moment, that moment when he when Sam too goes into the um the like cargo hold. So that he'll be taken back to Earth, uh, you know, stealthily. And then right as the door closes, he grabs it and he goes, wait, and runs back out to redirect the, um, the like, harvester mm-hmm. yeah. drone. That, like, the score right there and just that moment of him, like, no, I'm going to really set things up for the next guy. Yeah. Um, that's so, that's so powerful and so fun it's because in that moment i was like i don't what's he gonna do what, what's his what's his like little bit yeah i mean yeah. it's growth for the character like i i feel like the impact of having a, a more wisened self to kind of guide you along and he's a better person by the end of it like objectively so he's he doesn't want what happened to him that kind of revelation to be what happens to the next one in line so it's it's kind of just a selfless act and i like that it ends on that yeah uh, and speaking of that, since we talked about it a little bit earlier as well, but we might as well get into it uh, in depth at this point. Um, so Sam Rockwell is playing two different versions of Sam Bell. Uh, actually, And technically three. At one point, he's laid out on a slab. Actually, four, because he plays the actual Sam Bell, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we have... Sam Rockwell playing Sam Bell from after three years in moon mining, and then one who just woke up, who apparently was only there for two weeks. Uh, uh, he's a clone, so he's been frozen. Well, they also do it really nicely, and I uh, like. Yeah, yeah, because like he wakes up, and it, the movie presents it as though it's the Sam Rockwell we just saw get in a crash. Um, mm-hmm. It it's done really well, and there is something. You know, we, we mentioned how you can tell the difference between the two characters. But um, I was wondering if you guys had anything to add on that first, that, that, not first, the second Sam Rockwell, how you felt his transition from being a very, uh, I would say, aggressive and assertive force into a much more, uh, um, I don't know, accommodating yeah, person. Um. Uh, I'm just so impressed by this movie's way of taking the same character and having two similar but different arcs they both go on. It, it's such... It, I didn't realize it before. It's, it really is a very, like, deeply driven character piece. Um, very focused on, on his personality. And I, I love the way that Sam Bell 2 goes about kind of becoming this softer, nicer, more accommodating person. And it's mostly, like, after his, like, fit of rage and he's like man i'm sorry about that that wasn't cool of me but i also love that scene <laughs> sam bell wants to keep fucking with them with the music um mm-hmm. yeah so many fun character moments but 
yeah, I, I love how they both go. What what drives them to both go on their little mini arcs of like, I really shouldn't just keep thinking of me. Like clearly, this is what kind of ended my marriage here. I need to both think of you, the new Sam Rockwell, or the new Sam Bell. Obviously, I can't make this journey, and also the new Sam Bell thinking of Sam Bell three or whatever. Um, so they both go on very similar journeys, but go about it very different ways, and it's so satisfying to to see how they both go about it. Well, yeah, I mean, at the start of the movie, the what Sam Bell two won't even shake the first one's hand. He's like, no, maybe later. <laughs> Which is so funny because it's so sad that all mm-hmm. all the guy who's been there for three years wants is physical contact. Yeah. And, you know, we really don't see that kind of contact happen until they get into a fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, um, Sam 2, it's, I mean, it's just weird as hell. And <laughs> yeah. for Sam 1, it, it certainly is too, but he's just so starved of that human contact that he doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, it's weird, but you know what? I'm alive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, and then the the small moments between the two of them where they're each teaching each other something, like when um, Sam, when the the original Sam Bell uh, finds Sam Bell 2 trying to work on the the little, like, wooden village that he had been making. And And he shows him how to, how to do it correctly. And it's like, this is just a really small moment where you know i i think if it wasn't clear already sam sam two's journey is about you know being able to handle things with care instead of with aggression which is what they basically imply ended his marriage the first time super super well done you know nothing necessarily directly stated ever um except for when you know, either Sam Bell is chastising the other one. Um, was there any other standout moments in that sort of portrayal for you guys? Not really. Um, I do think the uh, the sick arc of the the, mm-hmm. the I guess Sam one. Oh, I I was the there is some there is some legit body horror stuff going on here, and the makeup amazing team and stuff. Yeah. when when amazing he throws up makeup. blood in his helmet. Uh, when he's when he's walking on the moon, like I felt that in my gut, it was that's so rough. It's disturbing. It's a descent as well because it starts off when they're having their tussle, mm-hmm. and he just kind of catches him with an elbow and like the eyebrow or something, and he just bleeds tremendously. Yeah, and he's like, I, I barely touched you. Like I'm sorry, and uh, just kind of watching his decay is it's really it's gross and it's sad and. Like you said, the makeup team did a great job. By the time he well, was, you know, in his last moments, I mean, he just looked so sickly, just a just a shell of a man. So, and, and costuming it's, it's too. Fun to see, yeah. Well, I was gonna say uh, real well, quick, gonna... like they they leaned into the sickness so hard. Like his clothes just look so disgusting, particularly right here on the collar. It's just sweaty, yellow bloody. from sweat and also red from blood and pu- I mean, it's absolutely disgusting, but. They sell it so anytime he take rips off his spacesuit, you just see what the horror that was underneath of like his severe fever and just man, it I, I I think that's the best like sick makeup, sick look I've ever seen in any movie. Like even compared to like Contagion or something like that, where it's going for that. They did it so well. Well, I was just gonna add that 
you know, at the start of the movie, they even have some of that already. Um, but it's kind of played off as, oh, well, he's not been in the sun for three years. So that's why he's really pale. And maybe he hasn't, maybe, maybe he hasn't been eating properly. So that's why he's a little bit more, um, sallow compared to, um, the, the, the fresh Sam Bell, but you know, on a rewatch, it's very clear when the, when the new guy wakes up, like, oh, this is, mm. this is a different guy yeah. because he's tan and he's like full faced. Uh, and I, I just, I, I really appreciate like, yeah, the, the makeup department just being completely on point with all of that and, and trying to really create continuity with the Sam Bells and showing that like, even if he had not crashed this Rover, he was done. Yeah. His shelf life was up. I'm glad they played with that idea as well. The, the kind of expiration date that's put on all these clones. Mm-hmm. They never explicitly said it, but it's very clear um, just through some of the dialogue, like their stint is three years. It's been three years. Every moment past that, the first Sam is dying a little bit more. And so it does that without having to be like, oh, my life's been in three, three years and one month. And uh, if we go a moment past that, I'll be dead. <laughs> like, I, like, Ger- like that was Gertie so just clear. <laughs> I, turns into a big clock. Yeah. Like, it would have been so lame. And they did it really subtly and tastefully here. So I always appreciate when the director respects his audience, you know. Their in-world justification of that is that that's how long he's just deployed to the moon. Like that, yeah, you're only going to be there for three years to accomplish your t- mission. So it's kind of extra sad to know it's like, oh, he's oblivious. That's he's just going to die. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the fact that their their way of getting him off is the is, kill chamber. Oh yeah, go, yeah. Go, go into the uh, the cryo chamber. We're going to fr- you know freeze you and then uh, you know ship you back uh, back home. So you don't, you don't even feel the uh, the three days, and just fucking kills him. <laughs> Yeah, everything is just so cold and mechanical. It's it's a, a sad world, but um, yeah. yeah. I, I had a question that I didn't notice sure. on my previous watches. When he's hallucinating at first, that lady. You know what I'm talking about? Like in the cloud of yeah. moon dust, no, he's like that question. lady pull out. What are we to think about that? Like, because I was thinking, is that what I like his daughter looks like? Mila. <laughs> There's an L. <laughs> um, you know, I honestly, I because like I'm okay um, with not it, being told looks like who it, she is, but like at least like kind of give me an idea of the relationship. Does it? Um, but I how would you know? Just, I I just kind of took it after watching it and putting everything together. Like he's just hallucinating. Like it's no one. It's just uh, I'm yeah. looking for physical contact. I guess, but you could I mean, have easily I, done that. And him hallucinate his wife, right? Like, sure. I I think that there is some sort of spiritual aspect to that, where maybe he is seeing his adult daughter, um, you know, and and whether or not that is a uh, a successful endeavor is debatable. But I I you know I I like it as even what Kyle said, where it's like he's just hallucinating someone. But in an, in another sense, I mean, it's not impossible for him to be imagining what his daughter looks like. Yeah, you know, as an adult, you know, it's not impossible. I I will mention one other like brief. I don't know if you want, if we want to call it a cameo, um, but 
there's like when Kevin Spacey comes actors. out of the robot and says, yeah, "Hello, he, he, my he, name's not Gertie." And he he just you starts reciting poetry for some reason, and then goes away. Yeah, and uh, and and he's he's been like huddled up in there, kind of like how they used to do R two D two. That'd be awesome, actually. That'd be really funny. <laughs> um. But no, I, I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, there is a there is a br- there's a brief moment where we see Matt Barry from What We Do in the Shadows as like an executive. Oh really? And, and Benedict was, Wong. Yeah, and Benedict Wong. Yeah. Uh huh. And I was not expecting um, I was not expecting either of them to show up, but I was like, whoa. I, kn- I, I didn't notice that. <laughs> How silly. <laughs> um. Yeah. Other than that, though, do we do, do we have anything else to say? This I knew going into it was going to be a bit of a, a short one. It's a it's yeah. a simple movie. It's That's a why I wanted small, to do sweet... a double for these. I, I feel like both. Yeah. Are, I mean, oh, total yeah. runs. They're both going to be quite short. Like both of these put yeah. together are shorter than some of the movies we've watched. So like, yeah, it's yeah. Um, but hey, I, but I mean, short in quality. I feel like I mean, there's just yeah. there's a lot of great things and. No need to like later this is, and repeat it, the kind of thing. So yeah, this is this is my like definition of of, of what a perfect movie can be because mm-hmm. it's ninety minutes. It's great. Every minute of it is worth it. Um, you know, you get a fantastic performance. There's nothing that pulls you out of it really. Um, you know, I, I think that that's kind of a common occurrence in a lot of my movies is like this simple, short, tight. Small, little. little, yeah, tight little package, <laughs> um, and that's just the kind of movie I like. Obviously, I have some some bloated masterpieces like Tron Legacy on here, but um, you know, <laughs> I will throw. Up I'm entitled to that. One more thing, um, just when he's following the the moon excavators around and the debris flying, and it just makes those little pitter patter like dust clouds on the ground mm-hmm. on the surface of the moon. That was just such a nice detail. It looked really great. Oh my god, I thought that too. And and then so my head authentic. went to that looks like an expensive expensive little detail to add to this movie on what's already a very low yeah. budget. So thank five, you for adding that. How'd you do this on five million dollars? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Like, I wonder if Part they did of that effect nice... in water or something. I really don't know, but it looks like a great effect. It could just be CGI. I really I if it is, I can't tell. It looks very real to me. I mean just yeah, just the the flicked off moon debris just splashing up like uh you know, dropping a rock on a bit of sand. It just it looks great. It looks exactly how your mind thinks it should. So yeah, that was just a small detail I saw this time and really liked. Yeah. No, one, right. one, Anything one, else to I was oh, gonna say oh. one one last note about the effects. Um I do think the, the the VFX look a little dated, especially the arm. That one I can see that. Yeah, the arm. Little, particularly this one part where it like kind of pets Sam's shoulder. That one looked a little funky, but I think the Moon Rovers, both when they're done practically and CGI, I think they look great. That anything out, yeah. any like uh, non close ups, anything kind of like Jurassic World effect where like the less you see, the more realistic it looks. That looked great. And I think they leaned into that super well. Um, and I, again, I love their mix of like, all right, here's a more close up shot. Let's do a little tiny miniature and it looks so good. And then these bigger grandiose scales when they kind of need a size reference CGI, switch into that. So yeah, I really like that. And also a very subtle special effect that I did notice is when they're playing ping pong, it's the first time they do any like complex interactions with the two of them. Cause usually when you see them, they're either not touching each other and so you can see both of them or when they're fighting, you only see one face, but 
man, the ping pong scene was flawless because they both kind of like kept messing with each other and touching each other. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Well, anytime they hand something to each other is like incredible to me how, because how? How both. Do they do it? Well, and and because Sam Rockwell is giving such a physical performance that it's like, how did you get someone like to mimic this correctly so that you would be at the right angle? Yeah. Because like he'll hand something to the the sick, you know, Sam one, and Sam one will like bungle it and drop it or something, and then he'll help him pick it up, and it's like, how did you how did you mm-hmm. film this? Yeah, no, I mean it's <laughs> it's obviously choreographed, but it's such natural choreography. Yeah, totally I don't agree. know if there's another actor that I I could see doing a movie like this. Tucci, I, I, I may you know what honestly, legitimately, yeah, Tucci, legitimately, like who'd you just say? Because like Sam Rockwell, <laughs> Stanley, uh, Stanley Tucci, Tucci. Um, <laughs> Sam Rockwell is just such a great character actor, and he's he, he like all of the movies that he's known for, he gives such a strong physical, facial, and just emotional performance that it's like yeah. I, I don't know anyone else. And there's only one character on actor I like as much as Sam Rockwell, and it's the Tooch. <laughs> yeah. Known for Transformers 4. <laughs> Age of Extinction. Well, um, yeah, as long as nobody has anything else, I'm, I'm spent. Yeah, I'm spent. Yeah. All right, back, Kyle? Kyle, kick us off. Final it. thoughts. Yeah, I... Uh... I'll keep it short. Um, while I did really like this, it also definitely had a, like, it, it just because of how simple it is, uh, similar to Avalanche, its peaks just couldn't be that high. Um, that being said, it reached all the peaks it set out for. Um, so, like, really, just like, if I was telling it, just a, like, I think I've used this analogy before, but this is a, you slam your hand on an oak table and go, that's a solid movie. Like, that's, that's solid right there. That's film. That's film. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there's much more to say. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Um, I'll probably watch it again and recommend it to, uh, quite a few. Yep. And I think. Honestly, throughout the week, and especially now talking about it, I think my opinion of it has only, like, gone up since watching it. Like I said, when I was watching it, when I got done, I was like, yeah, I don't think I liked it quite as much as the first time, but it's really just one of those movies where everything I think about, I like about it, and I think it's going to continue to do that. So this is one, I'm not going to revisit it all the time by any means, but it's every time I do, I'm not going to be upset. It's It's great. Great performance. I love the artistic style of uh, of the moon, of the makeup design for the sickness, the uh, the technology. Everything just works really, really well, and it tells a compelling story. And it uh, it's yeah, it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies. I think safely so. Good pick. Yeah, man, ninety minutes is just such such a perfect runtime. It is it's, so, it's nice. so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie, there's just so much to pick apart in it, so much to appreciate. Every little detail is so well thought out and so well integrated into the, the greater rest of the movie. Um, I love Sam Rockwell. The story's captivating. It's, it's a movie, I think it's an easy recommend to people who even aren't big 
movie lovers. I feel like the clone aspect is a much easier pill to swallow than something like The Prestige, um, or even just other clone movies besides The Gemini Man. How do he convince um, himself to get into the machine, though, Alex? <laughs> That's what you're not thinking about. <laughs> anyway uh yeah i love this movie i I think i watch it almost once every two years and i think that's that's the perfect rate of watch because i i forget enough but then fall right back into it when i watch it yeah um i i love this movie i picked this movie i gotta love this movie it'd be really sad if i said actually i hate this film actually it's fine Fuck it's no film, green. <laughs> it's not high art, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kyle, just so so you you were winning so much is the thing. <laughs> Someone has to carry this burden, and I'm glad it's me. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, I I love this this movie. Um. <laughs> I think it's just about as perfect as you can get a uh, a movie like this. It it feels like a, a a science fiction short story that you'd get in like some sort of collection. Um, it, it 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 moves quickly. It doesn't waste your time, and, and it it ends on on a like a moment that you're just like, oh, well, I don't know if I should cheer or cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> And oh I yeah, love I love when he's movie. falling back to Earth. Is uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it looks like he's in a paint mixer. Yeah, no, I, 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 I just love this movie. Um, so hopefully, uh, more people will go and see it. I, I saw the, I, I, I've been using Letterbox more. I saw the Letterbox score for this movie, and I went, what? Like I think 3. it's a pretty 9. fair score. I it should be a four point five at the lowest. Oh my god, uh, Brent! I don't know if I you know. Four point five is pretty much the highest of any movie on Letterboxd. I bet if I looked up Iron Man, it'd be like six. <laughs> it will not. <laughs> the highest. If, if is, I looked up uh, in, if I looked up Infinity 6. War, yeah, four point six is the highest. Mm, okay. No, three okay. three point eight's pretty. That's a pretty solid on Letterboxd. I don't know. All right, we'll see you in a sec with Apollo 18. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the Apollo 19 discussion. Hey, we keep increasing that number, don't we? (laughs) All right. (laughs) So Apollo 11, released in 2019, is this, I believe, CNN-produced documentary um it had like 900 production cards mm. i don't know if anyone noticed that it was like neon cnn i was impressed neon got their mitts on it i uh that was good to see their grubby they're little grubby mitts. little i actually love neon i think they're great <laughs> um yeah I mean, it was released in 2019 so i feel like part of that is it's his 50th anniversary so i'm sure everyone's like oh we gotta fund this thing um but yeah, so this is a documentary. This is our one and only on our list. 
And so the synopsis isn't quite as fun as the others, but basically... Excuse me, I had a documentary. <laughs> oh, another moon one? <laughs> this is our fourth moon movie, I think. <laughs> Mine was the I was, real I was talking to Ryan. I, I liked that we had a very nice progression of time on Kino Clash, where we got our early aviation movies out of the way, and then <laughs> yeah. we got to space. Now we're in the space race. <laughs> yeah. We and still have Interstellar to go, but yeah. Operation Avalanche, First Man, this one, moon. and Moon. I have a documentary. It's called Forrest Gump, but I just just brush past it. Yeah, sure. It's yeah, called the, How Zemeckis Ruined His Film Career. The new uh, <laughs> Indian 4K re-release of that documentary. I'm really excited for it. Did you watch that trailer? Oh yeah, I did. Watch. I did not watch. <laughs> oh, oh, I just remembered. I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" The Indian 4K. Why, why are you importing Blu-rays? Just. To- just go to Target, man. Man, when I saw a Forrest Gump remake, I was like, what am I going to watch? What is this trailer? The main actor is in Lagan or Once Upon a Time in India and uh, Three Idiots. And he's pre- he's a pretty good actor. Hmm. I, like I have not seen movies, so. almost any Bollywood movies. Or, yeah, I, I really should. I want to watch RRR. There's something I've heard quite good things about it. Anywho, so we're talking um, about we're talking about RRR today here, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how they go to the moon. So Apollo Eleven is a never-before-seen footage and audio recordings reveal. You know what? That sentence didn't flow very well. IMDb has it as never-before-seen footage and audio recordings reveal the inner workings of NASA's most celebrated mission as astronauts Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins embark on their historic 1969 trip to the moon. So I think I'm the only one to have seen this movie, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, before I get into my thoughts, what did you guys think? I'll take the lead. Uh Okay, yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, I uh, so I told Ryan before this uh, when I was sitting down to watch uh, Apollo Eleven. Uh, documentaries are always interesting for me because, uh, well, twofold. One, I feel documentaries can get a lot away with a lot of bullshit practices that really pisses me off to no extent. And then because of that, they're also like interesting. Like what? Yeah, yeah, an example. Um, not from this movie, just an example. Yeah, no, no. So, like, oh, yeah, from that, this movie, the one that comes to mind is uh, the three identical strangers that came out like a decade ago. About uh, it's it's about this like mad scientist experiment, essentially, of these three uh, triplets who were separated at birth, and they were it was like a twin study thing, and like really cool story. But then the documentary tries to make a point about it, and the point just sucks and fails uh the we work documentary that came out did the same thing and like you know they'll do a lot of showing this much of the square when the map is this big so they can make their point so great great analogy for uh audio okay so what happened uh (laughs) i drew a small square and then i did a bigger square to show what it all actually was i think that should get across Um, brendan you say that but when i asked i think i'm the only one to have seen this movie you only nodded your head ryan is the only one who said yep (laughs) so uh i can i'll edit it in later (laughs) (laughs) you'll edit in yes i have never seen this movie 
<laughs> yeah, that that would actually be the perfect thing. Yes. So it sounds like I'm about to say yes, I have seen the movie, and then it's actually no, 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 I have not. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's all to say. Yeah, I'm I'm finicky about documentaries, and it's it's interesting to like analyze them uh, because I feel the question that always comes up is: Was this documentary actually good? Or was the subject matter it was talking about just very interesting? Um, so that being said, my favorite types of documentaries are ones like this, where, I mean, like, and for that reason, I really enjoyed this, of, like, no one's making a fucking point. We're not. We're, it is literally just footage and audio. And that's the whole thing. And you know what? I'm sitting here like, cool. That's awesome. Um... So yeah, I really enjoyed it for that purpose, um, but I think I've said it before. Uh, I, I'm I'm just really well familiar with this. I mean, we've watched we've watched so many I renditions. Felt I felt I felt the same story real hard in this <laughs> at this point. Um, so like, <laughs> while it, and I was talking with Ryan, uh, the the how they upgraded this film uh, is incredible. Like, it looks so good. Um, and I thought it did some super cool things, but at the end of the day, this is like the third time I've seen this story in three months at this point, and <laughs> I'm just kind of like, all right, yeah, yeah, we did it, boys. Whoopee. We got him there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll pick up from there. Uh, I, I have a complicated relationship with this movie. Uh, when I was because you're torn really... between after watching Operation Avalanche, you're like, which one should I believe? Which which <laughs> one is true? Um, no, unfortunately, I wish it was that. Um, no, when I was watching this movie, I was very conflicted with what I enjoyed and what I didn't enjoy about this documentary. I think the footage is unbelievable. I could not believe the footage. No, I literally thought so it many... was actors at one point. Yeah, no. <laughs> There were there was there was a lot of moments where I felt like that. I was like, "There's no how'd they get this shot? How'd they get this footage? How does it look this clean? How does it look this good?" Uh, like my favorite part of the movie, and this will probably um, point to what it. I felt about the movie as a whole. Um, I was just gonna say my favorite parts of the movie are when they're showing the crowd uh, watching the 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 rocket take off. That's my favorite part of the movie. That happens the first fifteen minutes. Uh oh. Um, but, but uh, like the, the, the footage and the, and the way it, it, it covers the subject is incredible. I think that this should be a required viewing in schools. This is essential footage. This Agreed. is you're living, you're living the, the, the moon landing basically minute by minute for an entire film. Fantastic. I don't care about the moon landing very much at very much at all at this point so having a minute by minute no narration no explanation no detail no in-depth um sort of covering of the subject no no background to it no how did we get this to work nothing like that like basically just seeing it happen was probably the least interesting way to go about it for me uh just because i can I can, I can I can look up a clip of this movie and see the moon landing. Like I can do that. Uh, and I found that the most interesting parts of the movie to me were the parts that I went, oh yeah, that happened in First Man. 
that's cool. <laughs> that was like, you know, like w- when they were having trouble landing it, I was like, Oh, that's, that's like in first man. Oh my God. That's, I can't believe that was, that was real. Um, but yeah. And like, I thought that the CGI like diagram stuff that took me way out of the movie. thought that looked hokey hmm. in a movie. That's all archival footage. The fact that there's these weird CGI, like here's how the moon lander like detaches and stuff. I thought that looked so stupid. Oh, interesting <laughs> take. Wow. I, yeah, I would have, I would have killed. I would have loved it if they had like a Ken Burns effect on old no. diagrams that they had at Nat, at Netflix, uh, not Netflix at NASA. Um, that would have been cool to me, because then I wouldn't have broken continuity of the movie. But the when it's like this grainy old ancient footage, and then just the cleanest, I would say a little over the top CGI. Where it's like, oh yeah, we have like little blue lines that are waves, and we have a little red thing, and then ooh, it's like I hated that. I hated that so much. Um, wow. I would have just preferred a still image. Wait, what are you talking and then about? I think I the there's every time that they're about to like show you footage of um of like a major part of the moon landing, they go into like a black and white. It looks like an old Atari like asteroid. Yeah, thing. I don't remember yeah. any color. I remember it just being yeah. There's color. There's red and there's blue. There. When oh yeah, just as like little the... outlines and stuff. I hated that. And then the fact that there's a <laughs> there's an Earth that's rotating. That's just a CGI model, black and white model of the Earth. Hated that. I was like, ugh, this looks so stupid compared to so, like this the is very interesting. Who hurt you? My God, I I, Kyle. You what know an how innocuous I feel about, like, detail. <laughs> You know how I feel about superfluous, like, non-needed special effects. And that was that to me. It was like, it looked, it didn't look good. It didn't. It must it have cost, the... like, $3. Like, it... oh, I don't care how much it cost. It would have been free to just take a picture and Ken Burns it. Like, easy. Um. Anyway. Well, because, like, I wasn't getting a more in-depth explanation than whatever they had in the archives of audio. So it's not like I, like. They weren't explaining it in greater detail. I was just getting a better visual representation that looked less authentic. And that was my problem with it. Um, and then I also thought the score was all over the place. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Like, it had, it had like, really beautiful, like, classical music. And then it was like, you ever hear Discount Tron Legacy score before? <laughs> Get ready. What do 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 do? It's like what? <laughs> hey, cut this out. This is bad. <laughs> Go back to like the the soft piano music. That was like really enjoyable to me. The synth, I I I'd love it to be gone. Um, yeah, I think that this movie's really well edited together. I think it's unbelievably well shot for being archival footage. Um, it's just probably the worst type of the worst subject covered in the worst way for me. The worst subject covered? I wouldn't go that far. For me, for me, for me. I don't. I've. I don't care about the moon landing. If I cared about the moon landing, I would have put First Man on my favorite movie <laughs> list. I would have had seen it already. <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of echo a lot of your sentiments, Brendan. I. I really enjoyed it. It was super well made. And the biggest thing with documentaries for me is if I feel like it's elevating the material in some way, then that's what really connects to me. This, outside of visually, and I honestly, I'll take the opposite. I like the sense. I thought it made it just kind of atmospheric, kind of retro feeling. But anyways, besides 
the sound and the visual upgrade uh, it obviously got i i don't feel like it did a lot to elevate the the material um like you said i would have preferred some outtakes just some candid moments with people in the crew and those only come in at the end yeah we really didn't get a lot of that and that's what i always find interesting about documentaries is when they shine a light on something you don't know and this is it's all stuff you know so i didn't feel like i had new context for it or anything i just am seeing it in a much better a much more polished way um but i mean yeah that said it was it was really good i feel like i learned i'll also take the counter i i liked the graphics it I thought helped me visualize what they were doing. Um, and they could have done it in a hand-drawn style or something like that, but it, it really didn't bother me. It was minimalistic enough that, yeah, I, I, it really didn't phase me at all. I appreciated having the, the visual aid, and there was one scene I didn't like when they cut in the earth as they were returning to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they interlaced that with the uh, the CGI you talked about. So, I, I mean, I thought that was a good effect. I, I, I was hooting and hollering at that i was i was hissing at my screen no, i mean yeah. <laughs> i was so mad when they did that i thought that looked disgusting i just i appreciated the visual aid because that's not something i'm not so familiar with looked, this that i know it looked like the opening procedures. to like spaceship earth or something it was so bad i i, I don't know I, a weird I angry little man but yeah no i mean that's that's really the end of it it's just i don't feel it elevated anything but that said i i enjoyed watching it for sure the only thing is it maybe just felt long because yeah i liked the takeoff sequence and i was like oh wow that it must be almost over right it was like 20 minutes in <laughs> i was like oh we got a lot <laughs> left to go so i don't know i kept waiting for it to cut back to like the, the like how are we gonna get this thing to land on the moon i like i thought that they were gonna like edit it the story together like that where it's like we watch it take off and then we feel we figure out how we got there and then we see it land yeah and then we figure out how we figured out how to get it back and you know i thought that's how they were going to do it and it was like no you're like it's like you're in mission control which is a cool idea just not for me not (laughs) not from a narrative perspective i i really like seeing interviews i like seeing outtakes i like seeing Mm -hmm. candid stuff so i didn't really get that here which is just not my cup of tea i guess so so if i may uh and this might fall flat completely uh you guys got a Dunkirk experience, but you were looking for a Darkest Hours experience. Oh, what the, what the hell are you talking about? Um, no, I would say that we got a um, we got a World War II in HD experience. No, actually, that's a great documentary. Um, what am I even saying? We got like a, a, a Vietnam War documentary experience for like high schoolers and we were expecting the vietnam war documentary by ken burns scored by trent reznor does trent reznor do ken burns the scores yeah god damn it that vietnam war documentary is insanely good it's so sad and pensive (laughs) oh i love that man anyway well better analogy yeah (laughs) this is actually super interesting because so I kind of expected the reactions. Actually, I'm surprised at Kyle. I thought he wasn't going to be a big fan. But Brendan and Ryan, I feel like that's pretty... I kind of anticipate that. What's really interesting to me is that all your nitpicks, Brendan and Ryan, are all things I love about this movie or this documentary. I, well, like we all said, 
the footage is mind-blowingly good, and the 4K up-res, or whatever they did, the scanning of this film, is absolutely amazing. It's gorgeous footage. And just like you guys, when I'm like, I'm watching someone's footage, I'm like, how did people in 1969 film this? It looks like such modern filming, like very handheld, kind of walking on the stairs into like the mission control, and you see the entire scenery. Versus, I feel like 1960 was always very like tripody, and you kind of zoom in and zoom out. I, at least that's what kind of like my. Well, I mean, these, like. these were people just recording. Yeah. Like, I mean, this and this it, is this isn't man. this isn't film. This is hey, we should probably document this. This is like historic. Jeffrey, yeah. Jeffrey, grab that, <laughs> grab that super, <laughs> <in>, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like footage like at the beginning, uh, how it really just the cold start of it on the the crawler. The walkway and it's just this gigantic tank carrying the Saturn V. Oh my God! And just the, the color, color, the color, the color yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everything is just beautiful. Um, anyway, to address the your guys's problems with the movie, I love what they did with this movie by not having narration or explanation because for this being like a 50th anniversary kind of celebration of the moon landing. Like you've all said, and, and like as kind of in the criticism for all you guys, we've seen this time and time again. We've seen the story. We're tired of it. And so this movie just kind of was like, all right, sit your ass down. This is what the moon landing was. This isn't this isn't your your daddy's documentary. I'm not going to explain this to you like a little baby. <laughs> like this is you are there in the you scene. Like it or not, you little this, bitch. This is a real eat your vegetables <laughs> yeah. documentary. <laughs> No, but I, I super appreciated that it was. It, it just felt it. It stood out among other Apollo Eleven just moon moon it documentaries, it does, and that it, does. it it was going for something different. And for me, I liked the way they went about it. And it was just literally a you are just observing the events as they happen. So it felt more grounded to me at the end when we eventually see the landing footage. So that was the first time I had ever seen continuous footage of the landing. And when I was watching that, my eyes were glued to the screen. And I was like, how does anyone believe, believe we faked the moon landing after watching something like this? So that part is still in that moment in my life is ingrained in my head. Um, I loved the diagrams. I loved the editing of how they kind of just uh, tiled multiple pieces of footage at the same time. Um, I really yeah, feel like they really they nice. modernized a lot of this and everything they did to modernize it, I think was done so well. This, like you said, this is essential viewing in schools. I don't understand why we get boring crap in school that makes you lose all interest in the topic. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, I don't know why they're showing like PBS's like interns version of this compiled with like the dustiest grind yeah, record, the, like the like Brady P record Cronkite coverage. Yeah, like what? Uh, it, I. I, I I just love everything this documentary went for it, 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 and how it was. It really felt like a true celebration of the event. My only gripe with it is towards the end when they start playing the little cassette player in space and it starts playing that music and then they cut to Earth and it's like all happy and whatever and it hard cuts back to the capsule. I'm like, oh, that felt kind of weird. Um, like, oh, I, like I love that. Yeah, I like I that. that. Really? That was like the, that was the most cinematic the, yeah. the, the movie ever got. <laughs> I don't know. To me... The, like the, the tone kind of the tone kind of went in one direction, quickly snapped back, and I, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was it was leading up to anything, but well, oh, yeah. think, the the, no, the well, editing we'll it. it it's hard for me 
to this might sound a little disrespectful to the director, but it's hard to praise the director's work. And I mean that in that a lot of what I, a big focus of this movie is obviously the archival footage and that's outside the director's um, control, right? That was just a big uh, focus obtained. That's the, but (laughs) that's the whole point. No, but what I'm saying is the editing, the up resing and 4k remaster of it, the color correction, um, and and the extra diagrams with the CGI. That's obviously th- those are pretty big focuses of the movie as well. So that for what they could have done with archival footage, I think they milked the most out of it. Um, their their choice of picking, I think, the most interesting parts of the entire mission and also interlacing it with kind of you know quote unquote boring just 1960s life, but really puts you in in the world of this event. Man, I. It really was like it's one of those memories. I, I'm always remember when I first watched this movie, alone in the dark with the loudest sound system. Um, it, it was just so incredibly immersive. But oh, and one other nitpick. I agree, the music was a little weak. I wish the score was stronger and yeah. really made you feel the moment. Um, but yeah, besides Honestly, that, they just reused 2001. That would have like fucking floored me. Honestly, Honestly they just reused yeah, the that would have been fucking fantastic. <laughs> Right, like when it's when it's when it's decoupling and it's playing like that that like really beautiful like 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 waltz Mm. music when uh, when they're coming up on the moon you have that bomb 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 I probably would have liked this movie a lot more I would have been like whoa I'm in it I think I would have taken like a more mod, like a first man kind of score where it's more bombastic and more. I'll, I'll, if we're going more, more modern, I'm, I'm going to put interstellar over this in a heartbeat. Like, oh shit, yeah. But interstellar, yeah. interstellar will take scene. center stage. Um, Dude. Oh, well, one, one be... last, oh, last, okay, go on. one last nitpick I have in this movie is why, why they got to make the text so damn small. And also that was, that was <laughs> killing me. And also it's always in white and a lot in the first half of the movie, they put the text very small at the that bottom in like white against a white lab coat. I'm like, what are they going for here? This could have been an easy fix in the edit. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, Oh, his name is Richard Ma. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I didn't notice like, that. Yeah. I didn't notice either. <laughs> It, it's always the the beginning of the movie is always against a light background. It's impossible to read. But then later on, when you get like the live um, velocity measurements and the altitude measurements, and it's all in real time, I'm like, oh, this oh, that this shit's that so good. I loved. I thought that was it's awesome. so that was great. Good. Um, and if I, if I may, just real quick, Alex, uh, I again, I I really liked how this presented. Um, my my only qualm is like. While I think I care about this story more than the other two, I care about it a quarter of much as much as you. So, like... Yeah, no, I, th- it, this like, movie, much like um, the... What's the Robert Redford movie we watched? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name. Waldo Pepper. Waldo Pepper. Like, how that movie just resonates in the aviator, resonates with just, like, your interest. I feel like this movie yeah. was just tailor-made for me. And, and oh, I, I, I accept that. Um, no, I, I, I kind of I anticipated that going if, into this movie. If this we is like were first man. gonna watch this story again, I would have liked it much less if it had been anything other than this. Because um, then I would have been like, "All right, 
All right, guys. We can. Well, there's right, only yeah. so many maybe ways. Maybe we, we should have taken one of these off. We should have. We should have. We should have uh, curated this a little better. Um, but, yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm thoroughly happy that I watched this. Like without a doubt. Like I mean, I. I think I, I heaped a, a solid amount of praise on it when I was talking about it already. That like I. I think that this is an important documentary and is probably the most enjoyable way to watch the event uh today uh rather than like trying to like find like you know old news coverage of it and stuff like that i just wish that we got a little bit more of like you know man on the street cam or something like there's so many moments in this documentary where they go is everything good up there boys yeah everything's good all right we're gonna go to bed now all right good night and then it just cuts to the next scene of them doing that again usually those moments had like a little interesting part in the dialogue like there was always like some Absolutely. little funny quip that I, Michael Collins would give or something. I, love, I, I, I honestly think that with what this documentary is, leave that in. Like, I love that because you're, you're seeing like how much like checking in and how, how long it took for them to get from earth to the moon and then back. I love all of it. But when you have a scene like that in between the two scenes of, you know, saying good night to the boys, Maybe throw in, like, I don't know, some archival, like, interview footage with people talking about what the moon landing means to them or something. Like, just something to oh, give man, me what w- man on the street was thinking. Cause, like, so, yes and no. An interview an interview would have taken me out of the movie. That's not at all this. Like I said, or, sit your ass yeah, down, little boy. Some, like, it's time to footage. watch the moon landing. Or, or it's just some old footage of, like, Buzz Aldrin and, you know, Neil Armstrong. Yeah. You know, but they humans. also kind of did because once they're already in space, it's like, oh, good night, whatever. And the next morning, and the f- we get that footage of just people like, I don't know where they were, uh, in some building, just listen to the news. And it's Ted Kennedy at Chappaquiddick, and it's what the latest in the Vietnam War, like that stuff. Oh, yeah. And when they're like, they're not they even talking that. about yeah, the moon no, landing. I mean, they do that. I, I, I just mean that, like, I would have loved for more humanization of this story. And I feel like this is presented as a very, like, uh, uh, I, I don't know, like almost coldly and until the very end when you actually get to see what they brought with them into space and see like them goofing around. It's so cold. Like it's such a like clean. Here's what happened kind of movie that it, I would have loved for a little bit more. Of but that this is just uh this is just touch. a preference issue on your part. You're not saying that's a fault yeah. of the documentary. No, no. Cause the it's clearly going doing for something. something. Completely. Yeah, the, the documentary is doing a very specific thing, and just because, like, I would have liked them to open themselves up, maybe take a little bit of a risk here and there, um, I'm not begrudging them for not doing that. Like, I think that you can tell that there are very talented people, especially the director at work, when they dis- when he decided to do that um, musical cue thing with the, with the recorder, with it warbling as it's in space. And then cutting to like everyone reacting with the music playing, like that's such a fun choice, um, and it I think is telling that there could have been more choices like that, but for the sake of what they were trying to do, they avoided it. Yeah, no, I would have just liked more of that. I I found after the launch sequence the play by play kind of nature of it getting exhausting, and that's just personal preference. It's just yeah, it just grew stale, especially when there's not as much color out in space. You're not seeing all these vibrant people living Absolutely. their lives. You're just 
you're, I mean, honestly, at that point, it's better, but the footage isn't that much better than what I've seen. Whereas on the ground, seeing those people interact, mm. that was incredible. Like, I've never seen that footage portrayed that way. So I, I definitely, I think I would have appreciated just like, hey, who are you? Where are you from? Like, like we came here all the way from states <laughs> yeah. away, just like kind of get the story of how it affected the everyday American. And we've gotten that, but never like this. So I don't know. The, I think pros and cons, the play-by-play did kind of detract for me, but I can definitely see if that's what you're in it for, then you would enjoy it more than if you got any sort of outtakes. I'll tell you what I really yeah. liked about the play-by-play that it let it do was like some of just the like blink and you'll miss it moments that happen when you go back to Mesh Control. Like one that I, I cackled at is when uh, it's just, it's like, 30 seconds and it's just them uh like all right we've got armstrong's heart rate we've got and you're seeing how incredibly low these motherfuckers heart rates were dude i think aldrin was at 88 beats per minute and you're like that's that's four above fucking hannibal in in silence and you just got launched into space. I, I laughed out loud at the same time too i was like these guys are incredible and then even during the moon landing, I think their heart rate was like fairly low, but it's not until they got to the end it, it got pretty high. These guys are just cool and collected, and and yeah, the moon, yeah, the moon landing made me laugh when the guy is on the comms going, "Hey, uh, we're gonna cut all unnecessary chatter on this," <laughs> and then you have the guy pipe it, and then immediately get cut off. I love, I, I love like, that so when they're funny. landing too, um, when. Uh, and we're seeing the altitude go and then it would flash the alarms on the screen and then you got to hear the actual ah well you know let's just see if it goes on again <laughs> turn it off if it, if it goes on a third time we have a problem as long as it doesn't go on again we're fine and then the alarm goes off again it's like what's the error report uh it's 1201 all right the last one was 1202 yeah, so that this one, one should be good as long as it's not ha- as long as it doesn't happen again that was funny yeah um, no, I, I think we can agree that everything, the beginning of the movie up until like the transliter injection burn, when they're finally in space and it's all calm, that first, whatever, 30 minutes is like probably near perfect. It's the, the Saturn V launch is legitimately one of the best things I've ever seen in the documentary. <laughs> it's that, so beautiful. That though. was the crispest footage I have ever seen of that. <laughs> I mean, oh, and, like, and then just, just the elevator ride up just it doesn't stop you keep writing it up oh my god i can't stop gawking at this movie no you even you even brought up ryan what they did during the the launch where they're doing like the thumping in the background yeah um they they were doing the countdown and then at at a certain point they cut away and just let kind of the score um just these really rich thumps of the the bass carry you on count all the way down till liftoff and and then it cut out and i thought that was really really well done i liked that part i was just gonna say that like uh there was a part that Haley uh uh, brought up to me which was when they're in the elevator they're filming out of the elevator and you can see the reflection of everyone behind them in the glass and it's like how is this footage so clean (laughs) i know (laughs) no it's so impressive the work they did on this footage is absolutely impressive just the work on the edit this this is the greatest edit I've ever seen in a documentary. Of course I'm biased because I'm in love with the story, but 
I mean, it's just they really turned it into something fresh, I feel, in my eyes, and something really unique. And they definitely stood out from the rest of the pack in, in Moon documentaries. Um, yeah, I, I loved the interjections with the diagrams, the animated diagrams. I loved the tiling of them going through Mission Control and Fido, Surgeon, Go, all that stuff. And they just kind of show up one by one. And then when it's finally complete, it's like, all right, you go for launch. I'm like, dude, I'm like in my seat re- ready to go into space it was just so immersive in your d-box seat <laughs> in my d-box seat um what were you gonna say right sorry i cut you off um i forget probably wasn't that important <laughs> um yeah i i didn't anticipate a whole ton in discussion this movie because there really isn't like we're all so familiar with the subject matter um, there's not much more to discuss besides kind of the making of this movie. We've kind of just hit the highlights. There's one thing I wanted to bring up, but now it's slipping my mind. Um, How they because... didn't mention the hidden figures? Because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> they had their time. <laughs> Man, I can't remember it. Where's Octavia Spencer? Bring her out. Is the movie any good? I've seen I don't it. Know. I it's didn't see it's it. fine. I don't think it's I don't think it's dog shit. Like It's got Sheldon in it. It's got Hey, and you know what? Oh, Jim Parsons does. does a good role. He's he's a good actor. I, I defend him. Any day of the week. Jim hey, I, I agree. Jim Parsons is not a bad actor. He just exclusively takes some of the worst roles yep. I could ever I could ever imagine. When he was like, Yeah, I'll do a remake of Elf. Are I mean why? Wait, why? <laughs> Wait, what? He's in an animated remake of Elf. And it's like, why would you why? did not know that. Who, who asked for that? <laughs> yeah, I wish he was in better things. <laughs> Um, I remember what I was going to say, and it, it's more, might be more fitting for closing thoughts. Um, so anyway, anything else you guys want to talk about? Um, oh, um, no, know, yeah. Oh, go. No, 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 no. You, if you've got I, I was, I was going to keep talking about the edit. The one part that really stuck out to me is at the beginning. Um, well, so like I've been hitting on time and time again, how modern this movie felt or this documentary felt and. And I, I feel like it really felt super epic at times. Um, at the beginning, when they're going through the astronauts and it's Walter Cronkite's narration, it just pans over to the astronaut, like, suiting up, and then it just flashes a bunch of pictures from their life, just really quietly, and then moves on to the next astronaut on top of, like, Cronkite's I narration. Yeah, I was like, was dude, well that's... On. It's so cool. Also... I, I just... You why, say, like, why, the only why? time it took risks was that music, but I feel like this director really that... made itself known... I won't say I, that, I wouldn't call that, that a risk. Showing, yeah. But I'm say saying that that's exactly it really made it their own. Really really stood oh, out. Without a doubt. Without a yeah. doubt. This is very this is a very unique film uh for what it is doing. Um I was just gonna say that yeah, why can't newscasters sound like Walter Cronkite anymore? Everyone kinda sounds like I mean legitimately per- like Right? Like it's fucking weird. I don't, like I don't, Walter Cronkite sounded so fucking sick. Walter Cronkite <laughs> talks, I'm like, all right, well, God is delivering a message. It's time to sit down yeah, and listen. I'll, you're right. You're, you're right. Vietnam was a bad idea. I will go protest. I, 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 I agree, Walt. Well, <laughs> you, you're right. <laughs> that was that was bad. Um no, yeah, no. I mean anytime they play like Walter Cronkite, like I I 
I remember I, I listened to a bunch of his like coverage of the Nixon fiasco. And it's just like, man, this guy has like a cadence and like a poetry to his his, his words that um, I don't think is present. And I'm trying to think of like a newscaster. I keep wanting to say Brian Williams, but I don't even think he does. He doesn't. I don't think Brian Williams does the news anymore. Oh, no, no, Cooper. he's kicking on MSNBC. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad they found a home. Living his best life. <laughs> Listen, we can only name CNN news anchors. That's that's the oh, contractual that's obligation. Where, hey, uh, Anderson. I Cooper. would like to. I will. Yeah, Anderson Cooper. Uh, 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 Chris Cuomo named after. Rest in peace. Who's the, who's the guy who's named after like an animal? Don Lemon. It's like oh no, Wolf. that's a. Wolf Blitzer, that's who it Wolf is. Wolf Blitzer, uh, um, a lot of white-haired dudes at that, <laughs> at that company. Uh, um, I, I actually did want to bring up that the I was so upset with the whole CNN streaming app or CNN Plus app thing because there were a bunch of CNN documentaries on HBO Max that were unceremoniously taken off. I think they're back now. Frick it. No, I don't think so because uh, uh, Parts Unknown still isn't back. It's still like just two seasons of it. No, they only um, they only had that to begin with. No, they used to they used to have. I don't know why we're getting into this, but they used to have a lot more. They used to have the whole thing. You just had There's to search for the. For the yeah. Anyway, I was I'm so mad about that. I'm still mad about that. What a dumb idea. And now I had to pay five dollars for this. <laughs> um. But yeah. So I I just as like a little addendum. Kind of, I kind of wish CNN didn't have their grubby little mitts on this one. <laughs> might, might be easier to watch if they didn't. Concur. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like CNN was the reason they can get some of this footage. So we gotta thank them for for something. I don't know. NASA's publicly owned. You can FOIA, FOIA Alex, whoever you publicly want. Publicly owned, yeah, like it's a good publicly traded company. <laughs> Where are you gonna say, Kyle? Oh no, I, I was just. I'm not a, I'm not defending CNN on this podcast. I'm not, I'm not gonna say, hey man, we got you know we gotta look out for the little guy here, you know. No, no, that's not what I'm getting at either. Their coverage of uh, the Malaysian flight was so game changing. Um, yeah, I think I think we're pretty much spent on this, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could probably find more weird things to bring up that are tertiarily related to this, but uh, I don't know if anyone wants to hear I'll me. I'll say... Just, just do, like, the 12 Degrees of Kevin Bacon on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, closing thoughts? Kyle, you started? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much everything I already said. Uh, what do you call it? I... This was really... This is the... I, I, I agreed, like... I wouldn't want every documentary to be like this because I do like interviews and seeing actual people interact with a camera on purpose. Or like American Animals where you have like a whole movie and then you just have like these weird cut-ins. I mean, legitimately, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that movie's great. <laughs> yeah, like actually well-done dramatic recreations. Like actually no, like that you they put some actors. budget into it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, this was really refreshing uh, just again, I'm a little, little tired of this at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I think you guys summed it up 
best at uh this this should this should be mandatorily watched in schools like this this is the best way to tell this story and and have kids actualize it <laughs> I, I like this movie i like this documentary i'm not gonna buy it i might not watch it like if it, if it were up to me i probably wouldn't watch it again for like at least a year but you would buy the first 30 minutes i would buy the i mean that's the thing like in my head, if they put out, like, some sick-ass 4K, like, it's a big box, and it has, like, it has like stills or something, I'd get that. I'd get that. I'm, I've, I'm flush with cash, I guess. I can just... I, I just got... I just bought a safari suit. It just came in the mail. I got too much money, well, I guess. I'm going to pictures of that. I'm going to yeah. pictures of that, boy. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I'd probably get that. Um, this movie's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool to watch this footage. Uh, I just, yeah, I get, you know, sorry, I get bored. I want to go on my phone and play Professor Layton when it gets to the space part. <laughs> he goes to space? In the movie about the moon landing? Oh, I thought you were talking about Professor Layton when it gets to the space part. I was like, I didn't, I thought that was a very no, grounded story no, 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 in Britain. No, that's strictly London. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, I really liked this movie. I liked what it did um it just as far as documentaries go um for something of this style i would have enjoyed seeing a little bit more um style and excitement in the presentation it really was just a play-by-play kind of thing and that just i don't know kind of wore thin after an hour and a half so yeah it's really well done i'm not gonna say it's not but yeah not something i'll be aching to revisit especially i'm fellas i'm a little mooned out right now Oh, I am too. Yeah, no, uh, it's been it's been a moon heavy couple. It's been of weeks too much and space. And I think when we all put these movies on our list, it was like, oh yeah, these will be like a month apart, if not two months apart. And it's been like it's been very convinced. moon, 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 moon. No, it's all been within since I've been up here in Siberia. Like yeah, yeah. Where the only thing so in common fun. with home is looking up at that night sky and seeing the moon. So. For a while it was charming, and now it's just... Uh, now it's like, I fucking hate the moon. I'm going to say it. I fucking hate the moon. I'm done with it. Hot sake. Kyle hates the moon. Um, yeah, but no, really good documentary. Definitely would recommend, but yeah, as far as documentaries go, it's not exactly what I seek out for myself. If you want an emotional story, pop in First Man. Yeah. Well, wait, hold on. Real quick, Alex, before you get into your final thoughts. Did First Man win? I don't remember what that was up to. No, Mononoke won. Oh, shit. (laughs) Way to dunk on him. I'm so sorry. I forgot. (laughs) I'm so salty about that because I just, I was so disappointed in Mononoke. I'm so sad that he won. You know, I'm really sorry. I, um, you know, after watching this documentary, I'm like, wow, that, that, um, that First Man movie was pretty, was pretty sick as hell. It's a good movie. I was really waiting for uh, uh, Armstrong to, to, to let go of the beat. That didn't happen though. <laughs> where, where was Karen? His look, his GoPro. Where's Karen? <laughs> what a, a woman name for a little girl. <laughs> Can't imagine a little girl named with Karen. Um, no, this movie's. I mean, this documentary's. It scratches just the right itch for me. It's. I admit this is exactly up my alley and not many others and we're so so mooned out so I completely get where you're all coming from but <laughs> man I could 
I could ingest this all day and more. Um, I, I, I disagree with you, Ryan. I feel like I love how different they made this movie, this documentary stand out from others. I, they really, they didn't have to, this is all dependent on archival footage, right? There, there are no interviews that they conducted with modern day astronauts, or whatever. This, they are dependent on what was given to them. And with that material, they were able to really make something of their own. Um, and I, I love what they did with it. I love this take on a documentary, a no nonsense, just realistic retelling of the event. Um, I agree, Kyle. Not every documentary should be like this, but I appreciate when some of them are, especially since this story is so, so retold that you kind of need something to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to, to compare the two. I got, oh, I guess one, one last thing on this that I was going to say earlier. Um, one, I think another reason why it really resonated with me, and I'm sure Kyle has a similar experience with a lot of aviation, um, just content in general, is that like we're so well researched in it. I'm sure you know so much about a lot of aviation history and World War II, all that stuff that, you know, you obviously want to watch all these documentaries and YouTube videos on it and movies. And oftentimes they're retelling the same fun facts you get in every viewing of these stories. And so that added to the freshness movie that I'm not listening to stuff that I'm so bored of listening to. But also like with in putting in the alarms in there, how any other documentary would have been like, well, the reason we got the 1202 alarm is blah, blah, blah. But for me, just like kind of knowing how the, those like little uh, mishaps happen on the mission and then just kind of it makes me feel even more in there because I don't have someone telling me. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what's going on and it gets my heart pumping a little more. So for that reason, I think it resonated with me a little more because it, yeah, it, it just wasn't so tired and done. Wouldn't it be crazy if that 1202 alarm was like, yeah, we actually like fully forgot to attach the oxygen to this. Well, you want to know I'm what so, triggered it? I'm s- yeah, actually, yeah. Do you know? Mr. Yeah, yeah. Moon. So, Mr. I know Buzz Aldrin. Mr. Moon, tell dude, me your I'm, secret. I'm trying for it. I want to make I man. know Gary Sinise. <laughs> he does. He does know Gary Sinise. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, really quickly. The total two alarm was... It was a, a data overflow leak. So basically, they right before Something they se- they <laughs> separated from the third stage, um, Buzz Aldrin was commanded to turn off this one radio transmitter because they needed to focus all their data and all their uh, their competing power onto all the sensors to actually do the landing. And so having that radar on communicating back and forth just would have overloaded the computer. And so he was commanded to turn that off. It was his one communication back to Michael Collins in orbit. But Buzz kept it on because he was scared that if they had to abort, it would have taken too much time to reestablish communication. So he's like, oh, you know, I'll leave it on. And so during the moon landing, the computer's like, I have too much data. And then it reset itself. But luckily, <laughs> yeah, it, it was coded so well that it restarted and was able to pick up right where it left off and keep doing the, the landing calculation. So, no, I mean, that's a whole documentary in itself. The The... The Saturn V navigational computer is that's crazy. A work of alien when, extraterrestrial when, work. When you said <laughs> data overload error, it's like that sounds like that sounds like some Tron shit. Like, <laughs> oh, does. he hit me with the disc, gave me data <laughs> overload error. <laughs> no, that's what I, that's what I love about the first Tron when he goes end of line. Like that's a coding <laughs> term. 
but it's also so cool to see a robot say it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, let's 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 get into voting. Let's do it. Fight. I'll uh, start. Because I'm supposed uh, to. I, 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 okay. I, I was just going to throw out there from personal experience, Alex, it's normally better to go first. Um, but, uh... You do. Well, I've already <laughs> You're saying, taken like, the statistically, rain. the first person wins? No. What no, it just, it just makes the pill go down a little easier. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm okay with literally whatever. Okay, me too, honestly, on this one. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of moon movies. I don't care about the moon landing like Alex does. But you're not a big uh, fucking nerd. Yeah, I've had sex. That's the, bi- <laughs> that's the big difference between us, I think. Yeah, I think that's, that's why I'm like me. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, uh, uh, but I, I think that it's all super fascinating. I, you know, Alex made a joke about how they say the error but don't explain it, but Alex explaining the error to me was infinitely more interesting than a lot of, if not a majority of the segments uh, in the latter half of uh, Apollo 11 because I like that. I like I like knowing why things were about to go uh, topsy-turvy. Like, you know what? I, there's an Apollo think... 11 documentary out there that explains that to you. This ain't it, son. And you know what? That's my problem <laughs> with it. Uh, and, you know, comparing something that I think is essential v- viewing um, for educational purposes with something that I would say is essential viewing for just if you l- if you like movies at all, you should watch this movie. You know, that's kind of a hard, that's kind of a hard call. But... Um, I'm going to make it, and that's for Moon, because I would rather recommend someone watch something because it's enjoyable than watch something because it's educational. Um, I want to learn. I like being stupid. I don't want to (laughs) learn. I like being dumb and sucking rocks and kicking uh, cans. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's your pick? Moon. That's my pick. My I, my pick's Moon. Which one? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> man, this is. <laughs> he got him. He <laughs> roasted his ass. <laughs> this this is a tough pick for me because technically they're both movies on my list, at least at one point. Um. My. I get two very different experiences out of these two movies. Clearly, like you said, one's very educational, one's more for entertainment. But uh, but for me, Apollo 11, because I am the way I am, it scratches that itch. It's both. It's entertainment and educational. Um, and honestly, I, I can't imagine, as much as I love Moon, I can't imagine not picking Apollo 11 just for the fact of that first experience I had watching it. And I feel like that's the case with a lot of movies, right? It's, it's that... F- for you, Tron Legacy, right? How that was like your big oh. like movie moment. You, Alex, every time, every time, it's yeah. like it's like a beautiful miasma of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just the where I was and the the feelings I felt watching that movie for the first time, um, I think will, will stick with me forever. And I just I think it's such a creative take on the story. I love Moon to Death. This is like right up there, almost tied with this documentary. 
Um, but I, I have to pick all Apollo Eleven. It's it's my kryptonite. <laughs> oh man, I love Three Doors Down too, man. We should <laughs> we should go to a concert together. <laughs> go see them live. I hear they don't believe COVID's real, so getting a ticket no. should be uh, mucho easyoso. <laughs> you okay, Brendan? I had to have a bottle right? of Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think my vote's fairly clear. I'm, I'm going to be voting for Moon. Moon has a lot of things that I seek out in films i would personally watch and apollo 11 has things that kind of turn me off of some documentaries it's just a different strokes kind of thing it's not really what i look for which is not even to say i didn't like or appreciate it because i absolutely did um it's just that moon i think is very exceptional and it tells a story that grips me and is very compelling and the acting's great sound is great look of it's great so yeah i'm i feel pretty good about voting for moon yeah, and uh, on that same front, uh, uh, my vote's for Moon. Um, and I, I had a feeling it was going to be this one. I mean, you know, similarly, you know, this is just a very personal experience for you, Alex. And especially with a documentary, I feel, if it's not doing anything new, um, then it's either you're you're in or you're out from the very beginning. And yeah, I mean, you know... I, I really liked it. I'm going to recommend it to the old man. Um, but, yeah, Moon was uh, just more compelling at the end of the day. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, now I'll send it forward easy. I love that. I love that Sammy Rockwell. That's a infectious. fat W for infectious. me. And I'm not upset whatsoever. I think I said at the end of last episode how yeah when we, re- when we revealed this matchup i was like i don't think i'm gonna win but i'm just excited to like yeah have you guys watch this movie. and that was that was me with operation avalanche oddly enough my documentary so like that's crazy <laughs> american animals so, like, is I your actual documentary that <laughs> <laughs> also won wait no it didn't no, no it, it didn't. didn't green mile won which I'm right, right. still upset that's the first about because I think everyone in this call is not looking forward to oh, watching no, Green Mile again. No, no, I'm the only one who's not. Everybody else loves I'm Green not. Mile. Well, yeah, but you, I, you're ugly. I'm excited to watch it again, but it's <laughs> <laughs> <You're laughs> a like big time commitment. Green Mile's good, man. Fuck you. I, I, no, I but, agree. Uh, I just think I think American Animal is better. <laughs> Definitely shorter. Um, you know, I, I just really wanted you guys to see parts of this movie because, like you said, it's essential viewing, but also, like, I just want everyone to watch so much of this. Like we all said, the first 30 minutes up until stage separation, oh, just mwah, chef's kiss all around. Uh, I think our, they uh... should make the, I think they should make the day of the moon landing a holiday. And then if that is a holiday that you get off work, watch this documentary for the first, like, hour and a half of that vacation day it's good the day of the moon if, landing was just a week and a half ago it was two weeks ago see that's crazy why isn't that a holiday hey, honestly god so, like yeah like what we have like hot dog day or some dumb bullshit stamp day arbor day 
Moon Landing, Moon Day. <laughs> and watch Shame Moon while you're at it on Moon Day. Watch Moon. Yeah. Make it like <laughs> uh, a sci-fi appreciation day. Our our round of 32 matchup is uh, Akira versus Moon. Um, I'm... I'm so happy to lose to such a beautiful film. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a cool one. That's gonna be a cool one. Yeah. Um, yeah. That round of thirty-two. It's gonna be fun. We got a lot of good matchups. These so. new, the, yeah. These new, the, like the, the the round of thirty-two is super interesting because it is the cream of the crop. Yeah. You know? we're, we're, we're we're the movies that won won for a reason. The what? ones that like we're trimming the fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and you know, <laughs> if we're if we're if we're comparing it to like something like Mononoke winning over First Man, now that was like to me at least as someone who who really enjoyed both movies, neck and neck. Like, I don't know why Mononoke won outside of what you guys have said. You know, put it forward for you, but it's going to be so interesting to see that go up against. I don't know. Gump. <laughs> Gump. Yeah. Like, that's so interesting to me. Yeah. All right. Well, are we ready to hear what's yeah, next in the round on. of sixty-four? I'm. Hey, listen, we have some good so ones excited. left. We have yeah. some good fucking matchups. It's, left. And it's and a lot of it is me and Alex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, are tit for tat right now. Brendan, you have the same amount of wins as Alex has losses. Alex, you have the same losses as Brendan has. Wait, no. Okay, yeah, that kind of tracks. That was nothing. <laughs> That's that that explained um. itself immediately. <laughs> I'm dying to watch Inside again, Kyle. I really want to watch Inside. I I was just texting. I want to watch Shin Godzilla. But I also want to watch Metropolis. No, we got the Metropolis matchup. We got the Paddington 2 matchup. I think 1917 Black Swan is going to be a fucking slugfest. Like, I mean, we've got some great ones left. Yeah, we got a Clint Mansell score for that Black Swan. I mean, that might win it. Score oh my god! And we oh have... my god! And and we have, we have what we've been waiting Steve for Racer. the entire time. Steve Racer. We've got Speed Job Steve Racer still on the docket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Mia Kunis. Which, by the way, I am. I, I'm firmly hoping that is the last movie at this point. Like we've come this far. Let it be the last matchup. Okay, Only we'll time will tell. All right, roll them bones, uh, baby. Roll them bones. This is a die roll of one to nine. Oh my god! You've rolled four. Oh my god! So one, oh my god! Two, three, oh my god! Four. We have. Yep. Number number five, uh, Bo Burnham inside <gasps> versus oh. number twelve, Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Yes. This all right. We're recording tomorrow, right? We're all gonna go watch these movies like right now. This is a cool one. I have been <laughs> wanting this for so long. We're gonna go. I'm watch excited these to watch right both now. of those. Damn. Oh. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've been wanting to watch Shin Godzilla so bad. I've been saving I'm, myself. I'm really excited for it. I'm not excited oh. to watch a TV special on a movie show, though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not excited for that either. You know what, Ryan? You really speak <laughs> oh, I'm to. I'm so really excited, of, Kyle. You know, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know why we're picking comedy specials at this point. What am I going to put? Uh, Dave Chappelle's Closer, Amy Schumer's Leather Special. Is that what I'm going to put on my on my <laughs> list of sixteen these days? Is, is that if, what I'm doing? Is that Kyle? what you're going to put? Is that what you're going to put? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Those no, are the I, only I, two stand-up specials I like. <laughs> I, th- I think Inside is uh, going to be uh, violent. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Wait, who goes first? Uh, Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I finally figured out the meta of this. Yeah. I get to go first now. <laughs> that might be one we have to buy, though. Or, or like, rent, I mean. Because uh, I've looked around yeah, recently. No, it, it's hard to find even on VPN, so... Yeah, no, I, I think it is something that you might have to uh, go on, um, that's like, okay. Amazon. Yeah. But, oh, word of warning. This is a word of warning. Alert. Is it about a magician? Check your TV sets. Make sure they're adjusted appropriately. When you're going to rent Shin Godzilla off Amazon, be be so be so aware that you are not accidentally renting the dub, which is very bad. <laughs> you be very aware of that okay is this is this one of those things with like mononoke where if you choose english you get the japanese one i have no okay so here's the thing the only time i've ever rented this movie uh off amazon which is where i mean i think you can get it off google which might be easier i'm sure like apple tv Um, has yeah maybe apple tv but uh Haley and i were trying to watch this and we ended up renting the dub on accident and we weren't that drunk at that point so i feel like we had our wits about us enough to not act like not be stupid about that uh and then it was like oh well shit we have to just rent this the subtitled one which is like why can't we just switch it why isn't it one rental you know like weird needlessly complicated it's the same movie it's just a different audio track but just make sure you're watching the japanese because the english what Funimation did the localization. So if you really want like actors from my hero academia and attack on Titan to like really ham up some wonderful nuanced acting, uh, I guess check it out, but it sucks a lot of ass. (laughs) Um, So don't. All right. Well, we'll see you in the next one tonight, sir. This is this is my time. this is my first time back on the plate since my my groundbreaking win a few weeks back. So I'm excited. Earth shattering. I think we're I think I think we're gonna turn uh, it around, baby. I'm in your corner. I'm in your corner. So. No, we're not turning it around, but I'm in your corner. <laughs> this right. movie. I don't. Is I don't think gonna... white girl comedy is gonna win up against <laughs> yeah. uh, Shin Godzilla. <laughs> White woman's Instagram. Oh my god. Oh, I just mean that this is like a comedy that appeals yeah. exclusively to white girls. So that's what I meant. I mean, I lolled when I heard about the pumpkin spice lattes. I lolled in my seat so loud. And for <laughs> like I said, it's gonna be violent clashes. Come in next time. All right. All right. Outro us. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, and we will see you next time for. Shin Godzilla vs. Bo Burnham Inside. Bye bye.